Shake it loose together The spot is hitting something Death and only change the weather We kill the fighting captain I so let's stick around We gonna hear electric music Solid walls of sound Oh, can you rock me? Have you seen him yet? So spaced out Penny and a jazz Oh, the wind and the wonderful Oh, Bentley, she's a really king She's got electric boots I'm on a suit You know I read it in the magazine Penny and a jazz to Elite Week episode 80. I'm your host for this week, Roy Cookson. Kai is also here and will be co-host as well as producer tonight. Say hi to our lovely audience, Kai. Hello, beautiful people. I love you all. <laughs> our chief tactical officer is Tweaked74. Say hi, Tweaked. 
Hello, everybody. Um, some busy, busy things happening this week. We're going to get right into it here pretty quickly. Nice. We have two very special guests this evening, uh, both of them having won a spot on Elite Week due to donating the highest amounts during the Operation Warbucks fundraising event back on May 15th. So we'd like to say a huge thank you to the both, uh, both of them and welcome them both to Elite Week. First up, uh, King Raz, say hello. Hello. All right. <laughs> Next up, Will Logston. Say hello, Will. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How's everybody doing? Awesome. We'll be hearing more about each of their stories in just a bit. Uh, to our podcast listeners, I'd like to take a moment to point out that because this show is live on Friday nights, we have the opportunity to interact with our audience in real time and share cool videos and graphics. Uh, that are relevant to the topics being discussed. And in addition, now with the release of Odyssey, the crew hangs out during the live show at the Salty Dog Bar in Meredith City, LFT 926. And all are welcome to join us there every Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. So in the spirit of the Salty Dog Bar, hey, crew, what's everybody drinking this evening? Kai, you want to go first? Hell yes. I've got Jameson's in my left hand and Dragon's Milk in my right hand because I am a mellow fellow. Uh, all right, uh, tweaks. What are you doing? What are you doing this evening? Oh, I've got my usual large cup of coffee next to me. Nice black coffee with a little bit of creamer in there to try to counteract the effects of all these cold meds I'm on. Nice. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to mix something with that. Uh, Will, Will, how about you? Yeah, I've got some uh, delicious uh, corporate made peach tea. Just waiting to see uh, Tweak do the Thorazine <laughs> shuffle later on. Nice. So you'll you'll be having a bit of a sh sugar rush here soon. That's oh, great. Yeah. Uh, King Raz, what you what are you up to? I'm drinking some Fireball with some ice. Nice, nice. Always a solid choice. And I'm doing some caffeinated sparkling water. Uh, I'll be shifting gears uh, partway through this evening, probably to a Red Zinfandel. We'll see. I got to say, I don't know that shuffle, but I do know the Stray Cat Strut. But I hope to not be doing it later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very well, very well. Uh, okay, the cover art for this episode is uh, pretty interesting. New discovery, Recepta condovitis green. It's a photo of one of the rarer of the new Odyssey biologicals and was taken by Commander Bonifive 8 um, So thank you for that, Commander. Uh, the intro song was Let Me Love You by Scary Pockets featuring Antoine Stanley, and our outro song will be Benny and the Jets, again by Scary Pockets, but this time featuring Marcus Scott. Our graphics producer for the show is Swordsmith, our executive producer is Wolf Dragon, and our podcast editor and sound effects genius, as always, is Monahive. We've got a great show lined up for you tonight. We've got some Deja Vu with David Braben from 2013, a flurry of hot fixes and patches, uh, David Braben apologizing twice, the media taking a bite out of FDev and discussing the upcoming roadmap. So... Stay tuned. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Elite Week and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Elite Week. If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch us on our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash Elite Week. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at eliteweek3306 at gmail.com. 
Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out or contribute to community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, feel free to follow at EliteWeek3306 for news and information about Elite Dangerous and cool sci-fi and space news. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC, so come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. We've got a lot to get to, so let's uh, let's jump right in. We're going to start with our guest interviews. Uh, King Raz, you're up first. So, um, King, you're a streamer yourself. Perhaps you could give our audience a bit of an introduction to who you are and the kind of stories you like to create. I don't, don't even know where to start. Um, I'm just your average guy trying to stream uh Get to partner. I stream Elite Dangerous mainly, but I've been streaming a lot of Apex lately due to some uh, fellow gamers. Very uh, good. How long have you been playing Elite? Uh, Steam says I have a little over 1,300 hours in there, but I've been playing Elite since uh, it was originally just Elite, and then I got Horizons and then now Odyssey. Nice, nice. You mentioned uh, Apex. Do you have other any other games that you play besides Elite uh, frequently? Uh, I used to be really big in Galactic uh, Survival, uh, mm-hmm. and uh I'm really big into Ark Evolved Survival. Survival oh, yeah. And a few others. Uh, I, I kind of jump between games here and there, but Elite's always been my main. Yeah, yeah, very good. What, what is your favorite part of playing Elite, would you say, in the times you've been playing it? Um, combat and exploration. Uh, mm-hmm. it, so many beautiful sceneries. The mm-hmm. engineering can go to hell for all I care. <laughs> awesome. Uh, what kind of places have you explored to? Uh, the most recent trip that was my longest trip was actually to Seoul for the first time. That was a really nice adventure. I've gone out to the Haiti sectors, mm-hmm. done a little bit of uh, exploring out there. Nice. All right. Thanks for that. We're looking forward to hearing more of your thoughts as we discuss Odyssey. So so hang on there. And we're going to switch over to our, our next guest, Will Logston. Uh, Will, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, your journey so far in Elite? Uh, yeah, so I, uh, I've i only got about 60 hours on PC. I was an Xbox gamer uh, uh-huh. for a while until my uh, my HOTAS uh, went the way of the dodo on me. And uh. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I decided I was going to jump into the PC world. And uh, that was uh, there was about a year wait as I realized how hard it is to get a, a, a GPU. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah just, bad uh, time to be getting that. Yeah, but uh, I ended up finding a decent deal on a pre-built, and uh, now I'm just nice. looking forward to doing that whole engineer grind all over again so I can blast some Thargoids. Do you have any other games you play besides Elite? Uh, not video games. Um, I'm uh, pretty involved in the tabletop RPG scene. Uh-huh. I actually was recently uh, published uh, for the first time in uh, the Alien RPG, as uh, new Colonial Marines Operation Manual. Um, you know, like Alien, like the Chessbursters and Ripley and all that. 
mm-hmm. picture Dungeons and Dragons, but uh, based in that universe, and uh, that's basically the idea. Very cool. Um, so, in Elite, what's been your favorite part of, of playing the game? I, I yeah, I don't know, man. That's like asking what your favorite kind of silverware is. You know, when you uh, <laughs> you know when when you're eating uh, soup, you, your favorite is not a fork. You know what I mean? Um, I don't uh-huh. know. I like the exploration quite a bit. Um, I think the farthest I went out was uh, I went as high as I could on the galactic plane, and then went until I couldn't uh, couldn't get yeah. back to where I came from. That's a fun game. That's a fun puzzle within the game to figure out how high or low you can get off the plane, for sure. All right. Well, um, thanks for that. Again, we look forward to hearing more of your thoughts as well as we uh, get into the the deep discussion tonight. A quick note for our audience: the social media links for both King Raz and uh, Will Longston, Longston, Longston. Logston, sorry, are in the show notes. (laughs) Along with the link to uh, the Operation Warbucks event highlights video from Commander Orange Phoenix's channel and a link to Health in Mind, the Scottish organization that promotes positive mental health and well-being. And now it's time for the Dark Wheel Update. It's the Dark Wheel Update. So, here's what's up. The Dark Wheel landed today in Harimfaxi. So we have tested LFT 509. Uh, so now the project will transition into its next sort of iteration. And the way that looks is uh, a lot of sort of low intensity just hyper expanding going where we go we're just going to push up the numbers uh wolf dragon has run himself ragged making sure that we land in all of the right places for quite some time and now he gets to take a rest and a lot of the guys of the black sky legion and the Rabbit Hamster Assault Force and various other groups, the Recon Squad and the BGS Planners and various other people and various other groups that have been working behind the scenes so hard for so long get to kind of take a breather. And what we're going to do is just very sort of nice and easy, low intensity, just expand the way other people do where we're not killing ourselves doing, you know, sort of... uh trigonometry while riding on a unicycle and juggling to make sure that we land in exactly the right spots every time now we're just gonna expand and add to the numbers it's gonna be very very chill and very very easy we just landed today in Rimfaxi, which uh you know i think there is a chance i'm not really holding my breath but there is a chance that when we actually land and and get a a spot in there much less a station Maybe a permit opens up. At this point, honestly, uh, I, I, I'm just looking to, we're going to ride this out. We're going to continue to expand the Dark Wheels influence, but um, we have tested the three tests and the test data came back negative three out of three. And that's the Dark Wheel update. Tweak, do you have a comment about that? Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of do. It's all that work put in over a year by thousands of commanders and even if there was nothing already in game to be triggered i kind of feel like it's a miss and it's a fail on fdev's part not taking advantage of it and and doing something cool with the game so 
something that they could have done that would have got the whole community excited. And a swing and a miss. They didn't even swing, really. Just a miss. Didn't they say a while back they were going to have perhaps POIs to commemorate, you know, giant efforts by certain commanders or groups? Wasn't that a thing? Maybe that's a thing that could have applied to this. But um, still could happen, I guess. Uh, we'll have to see. But yeah, a huge effort. Uh, definitely a big thank you to everyone that's participated. Um, it's... Uh, there, there's still things there's still things to be done things to do maybe not as grand as the first three tests but uh boy what a well-oiled machine that's been put together around that whole effort um a huge a huge effort and a lot of learning for lots of people involved in the on the bgs scene okay um so as i'm sure you could surmise a lot of what we're going to be talking about tonight is you know this last kind of crazy week with odyssey since uh, since it dropped all those hot fixes, the patch, maybe there was two patches, we'll talk about that. Um, I thought we should start off perhaps with a bit of a, a deja vu video from David Braben. So um, we've got a couple of clips here pasted together from when the very first alpha happened in 2013 for the original Elite Dangerous launch. And it's bookended by a clip from when they've finished the release and how they think about it and what the experience has been so these two clips like i said one was from progress diary number seven and uh, we'll start with that and then the next one is from the release diary uh at the conclusion of the process uh so it's it's sort of a clip that starts in the middle of this video so it kind of warms up and then you'll you'll see it start playing so kai go ahead and uh hit us up with that clip december is when we start the alpha process which obviously everyone including us are very very excited about uh, this is where we bring out parts of the game in close to final form and release to bills where we, we all play it, comment on it, doubtless criticize it. Hopefully people will love it as well and tune it so that we can get the very best out of this process. As we go through the alpha period, diff we'll release different alpha bills testing different aspects of the game and gradually those will start to come together. Now at the end of that starts the beta process where we start to see the whole game, the game come together as a whole if you like and work together. That won't necessarily be a perfect game. It will fail to run, I'm sure, on some people's computers. That's the beauty of the beta process. It's to get it just so, to tune it so that there are no real exploits and all that sort of thing. And all of the um, beta Kickstarter people for which we are eternally grateful and thank you very, very much, will also join the process. So we'll have a lot larger numbers with people fighting against each other, people playing separately. All of that sort of thing is very, very important. And the other important thing is um, as I said about the DDF, we will listen to what people people's input and we will make sure, you know, we will take our time. We, it's, we will do it so that it's right. That's the, the great thing about this process. We will have the opportunity, which often we don't get when working to a very fixed, tight schedule to, to essentially to release it when it's right. Hello and Merry Christmas, everybody, and welcome to this, the last dev diary of this phase of Elite Dangerous. It's absolutely fantastic. Thank you for all your support. The game is finally out and it's very, very exciting. We've had a long journey. It's been a great journey. Um, all of those little things people have put up with have been worth it and thank you for that. So, for example, 
during the Gamma. We did a lot of work on our servers to make them rock solid. Some people experienced that as we stress-tested them ready for release. But look, we had a wonderful release. It was smooth. Um, thank you, everybody, and apologies for those who had to put up with it. But it worked well, and I think everyone saw that and appreciated um, why we did it. It's been great. It's been some lovely positive comments since release, which we're delighted about. The story is now moving forward. So we're moving into a next phase. We're seeing lots of people playing online. So I hope people have a great time playing. <clears throat> Obviously, that, uh, that, that was a much smoother process for the first release of Elite Dangerous than what we've seen in the last, uh, the last few weeks. But I think one of the key takeaways here is that the release date uh, of Elite Dangerous in 2014 came about a year after the alpha started. It took a year to properly do alpha, beta, and gamma phases in a way that resulted in a smooth and well-received launch. Uh, where we are now with Elite Odyssey uh, is not actually a beta phase, although uh, there's lots of people calling it that. It's actually the gamma. Uh, in a beta phase, your progress gets wiped at the conclusion, just like in an alpha. Uh, unlike an alpha or beta, in the gamma phase, you're not playing with disposable ships, modules, and credits. It it all counts for real. Um, it seems obvious that other, let's say, non-technical forces were at work that resulted in the release of Odyssey only two weeks after a short alpha phase. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation about that, uh, mostly involving the timing of the end of Frontier Development's fiscal year. But we're not going to go into that uh, necessarily today. And frankly, I don't think we'll ever know the full story. Uh, the reality is that the mess that's been created is left for the developers to fix. These are the same developers that almost certainly had nothing to do with choosing last week's release date and were powerless to change it. Kai, you want to jump in on this? So here's where I'm at with it. Uh, when I think about this, I see this video clip and I see there's a year between clip A and clip B. Clip A is yeah. saying we're going into this process and we're going to do an alpha and we're going to test everything that we need to and then we're going to do a beta and we're going to do a hell of a lot more testing and then because you can never test enough for something as intricate as an MMO specifically especially one as intricate as Elite we're going to do a gamma which is basically like beta take two it's an extra layer of whatever and he went it was a year between those two and because they knew that that's what you needed in order to do it right. And he was so happy, David, in the second clip there, and smiling yeah. and saying, we did everything right, and as a result, we were so proud to have a smooth rollout. Well, we were told repeatedly by David Braben himself, along with all of the community management team, Art said it repeatedly, as did various other from the game producer Pierce Jackson on to other devs and other people in management said flat out elite dangerous odyssey is such a huge and massive and wonderful thing you want to get in on this because this is basically as big as re you know it's such a big expansion it's a whole new game it's like we relaunched the game again and they knew five years ago that when you want to release something this big you have to do it in a way over a long period of time with a lot of testing so that it comes out right and you don't screw over your customer base. Well, somehow they seem to have forgotten that in the last five years. And what they did was partial alpha, 
No beta. YOLO release. Let's see what happens. This is what happens. I'm done. It's obvious how that was going to come out, I think. And uh, I guess this this look back also makes it obvious that if it weren't for something else intervening, they probably would have done it more like they did it the first time, given how well that worked. Why don't we have a look at what they've been up to since the release last week uh, in Frontier News. For news beyond the game, it's Frontier News. There has been a flurry of activity. Uh, in one week since launch, the various hot fixes and uh, the patch, and maybe another little patch, um, have hundreds of fixes listed between them. It is an enormous list, um, although they haven't yet solved the most difficult issues. Um, there's obviously a lot of work going on in the dev teams. Here's a quick rundown with just a sampling of the fixes in each one. And I'll make I'll, I'll point out too that in our show notes we've got uh, links to every one of these patch notes if you want to dig into it. So it started on Thursday, May twentieth. Hotfix one, um, stability key bindings crash fix, uh, suit thermal resistance, Pioneer supplies inventories fixed, elevator messaging, and a tip about deleting your graphics settings. Which if you haven't done that. Uh, a lot of people, including myself, are seeing good results with that, where you basically just delete your your uh, your graphics uh, subdirectory within within uh, the Elite Dangerous subdirectories, and it'll reform it uh, for usually better results. Uh, Friday, May twenty first, that was the second hot fix. Again, more stability, mag lock, cutting thin lockers. Uh, there was a nerf to the G three AR fifty headshot damage. Uh, some weapon skins and livery. Uh, Tuesday, May 25th was Hotfix 3. Uh, more stability. They uh, reported fixing the Apex shuttle infinite loop. This is where people would get stuck in the shuttle and FDEV would have to rescue them. Uh, removing Colonia missions uh, from the mission board uh, and a Plainsman scarf glitch, so a cosmetic fix. Then the big patch on Thursday, May 27th, uh, Odyssey Update 1.0. Huge list, a lot of audio fixes, gear preview glitch, reload soft lock, uh, fixing shadows in exploration, some lighting, lots of lighting fixes, uh, visual improvements to biologicals. Um, there was a number of things that mentioned fixing, they used the word occlusion in a number of places, although I don't think this was the overall main fix for, for culling, which we'll talk about later, um, and apparently some occlusion fixes and settlements as well. And then there was like another sort of uh, quick little update later that same day. I don't know if this was like another patch. They're sort of saying a minor update, hot fix for, not sure what it was. There was only one item in it though, which was a fix for a loadout section of the roll panel persisting. And then on top of all that, apparently there was another update specifically for Steam, people playing through the Steam platforms. Um, so uh, one other thing, uh, we don't know when this came in, but it was a great change. Um, whereas before, uh, in terms of materials within Odyssey, the data category materials was as the cap on it for what you could carry was as low as a hundred. Uh, now you can hold up to a thousand, so that was a nice, uh, nice fix there. Um, I'd like to pause here to get get some thoughts from from the whole group um, about what we think about all of this flurry of patch activity and, and hotfix activity that's happened in the last week. Good, bad, otherwise, and, and where this might take us. Uh, tweaked, let's go to you first. Well, uh, as much as we can rail on FDev for rushing this out, 
and, and, and again, it's not the developers that wanted to push it out so quickly. We, I think we all realize that at this point. You got to give them props for putting in the overtime and busting their you-know-whats to get so many patches out so quickly. I mean, they're working furiously right now. Props mm -hmm. to the devs. Okay. King Raz. I, I, I want to just say I, I will give props to them being consistent with their updates, working hard and listening to the community. However, they released the game at $40 yep. as a finished product. Yep. They should have waited until it was completely optimized. My first experience uh, to uh, when I first got Odyssey, the frame rate drop when I first landed on a planet was horrendous. It killed my experience almost instantly. Yep. And I couldn't pick it up until the next update. Right, right. Good point. Will? This feels like an MMO. Um, I think anybody who's been with Elite, you know, longer than... Uh since fleet carriers knows that uh this is kind of the uh you know that this is the future we can look forward to i think what's there is gonna be great if we uh stick it out the one thing that i'm concerned about however is you know with the way that they're getting just shellacked in the media and the uh the new player base that may not be used to such an unfinished product you know that it might mm -hmm. damage uh initially the uh um you know the 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 rise in uh in new players but, uh, you know, again, like the same thing with Cyberpunk or something like that. You know, if you know anybody who tried it out and, uh, you know, just took a pass, wait a couple months till things get uh, figured out, you know, and tell, tell them to come back and try it out because it's going to be something really special. Just uh, just wait and see. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Kai? Yeah, uh, screw the suits. They deserve a pop in the fucking mouth for this. For the <laughs> devs that are working so hard to try to make this right, my heart goes out to you. You guys are the real heroes who are sort of killing yourselves to try to atone for someone else's sin. And I feel really, really bad for you. And again, screw the suits. Uh, and I agree that um, the problems that people are going nuts about today, i.e. crashing and culling and all of that stuff, those will be fixed greatly in 30 days and and even more so in 60 days and i think there'll be a complete thing of the past in 90 days my problems and concerns are sort of a whole other list of things that we'll get to in the future but love the devs screw the suits all right king raz what i'm really having an issue with is the double uh material grind that we have to do to do anything with the suits or the weapons having to grind out the material for the suits to initially get them and then engineering them on top of that yeah both both good points i guess on one hand i would love to see this pace of hot fixes and patches continue of course with some some uh, um what do we say uh consideration for the the developers sort of uh work-life balance um, here, here. but as long as as long as they're you know as long as they're being given the resources and the focus the priority to continue working on this i guess we'll see what we'll see but it's a good start uh hopefully hopefully they're not working people to the point where people are going to get burned out so that you know there needs to be some consideration for that too um okay uh so there's been some let's talk about the streams tweaked you got you want to uh, chime in on the the two streams that happened this week was there anything sure. uh, anything there sure we had two streams as we always do they they almost always stream every tuesday and every thursday if you guys don't know 
Tuesday's stream had Arthur, Sally, Bruce, Zach, the usual crowd, plus uh, Ty. I don't know if you know the other guy's name. I don't. I'm not familiar with who the other guy was there. Uh, really, they didn't talk a whole lot about much of anything, except for they a couple of points that they did bring up. They, they're of course aware of all the bugs, how rocky of a release it's been, and they're really focusing on optimization. But they wanted to. To, to point out that they can't collect the information about everybody's optimization issues through the normal bug tracker. So they've created a different thread in the forums for you guys to all go and girls out for you, all you commanders to go into the forums, find that thread and report your issues with optimization so they can try to get to the bottom of this and make some progress on making that better. So I think that's pretty important. Other than that, uh, that's about all that we really got out of the Tuesday stream. Mm -hmm. uh, Will, did you have a point about the stream? I just want to know what the over-under is on uh, on who's on the chalk being blocked there with the uh, the uh, the odd man out there with the uh, with the community uh, liaisons. I don't mm. know if you guys uh, if you guys still have an, uh, an inner office uh, betting pool on that. Uh. <laughs> well, I, w I wouldn't wish unemployment on anybody in that fine team, but uh, it, I think we noted some weeks ago that there was some moves that looked like it was uh, 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 increased in size and it had happened in the past slightly before someone got repositioned to a different team. So that could be what's going on. I don't, I don't have any bets on who it is, though. I don't know if Kai, you have any thoughts on that, or maybe we don't even comment on that. Tweaked, you had a point? Well, I was just, I, I would say, I don't believe it's any of the, the community managers. They're doing their job. They're talking about, they're giving us the info that they're allowed to give us. So really, it all goes back to the corporate shills at, at FDEV right now that are making all the decisions. How about Thursday's stream, Tweaked? Thursday's stream was a little less informative than Tuesday's. That was just Zach and Sally. They played some Elite Dangerous, but we did get one key thing out of that stream, I think. And actually, Thanks to our very own Kaizen, they, they, Zach called out Elite Week Kaizen, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is the first time they acknowledge that they are aware that the Planet Tech is not working properly, and I'm pretty sure that's the first time we've heard that from anybody at FDEV, so that's mm. good to hear that they're aware of that at least. Nice, nice. Um, uh, also involving the, uh, the CM team, uh, we saw recently on the Flight Assist podcast, Arthur Tolmy confirmed that the recent event of the Oracle station falling out of orbit, uh, to paraphrase, is a pre prematurely released feature, um, not a bug. Um, Kai, you want to jump in on that? 100%. We've got the link in the show notes. You can see the 60-second long clip of Art saying it word for word. And he dances around it because, you know, there's things that he's not supposed to say on the stream. And I'm sure this, for, this was one of them. But basically what he admits is that the stations were meant to crash. But then when the servers were crashing... They decided, oh, we should probably put a pause on this part of the story. We'll get back to it in a couple of weeks. But right now we got to deal with servers being on fire. He literally said everything was on fire in the in the little clip there. And after we get this all sorted out, then we'll go back to sort of continuing that storyline. So I would strongly suspect that we're going to see at some point in the not too distant future a storyline event where 
Thargoids attack and bases are crashing down to planets. And I think that Frontier is not stupid enough to make it a thing where it's an event where we're running around on the planet picking up stuff. I think it's going to be more an event that both console players and PC players can take part in where it's going to be something we have to do to stop the stations from crashing in the Horizons universe. Uh, I hope that they're not dumb enough to just take a massive dump on a huge section of their, their population. Mm, mm. Uh, Will, you wanted to chip on in this? Yeah, so, you, you know, I think that there's uh, there's been these kind of arbitrary, um, you know, this person or this person... Uh, for a lot of these CGs, um, sometimes you get a get a you know a double uh, engineered module or something. Um, you know, I'd like to see a no win situation. You know, um, you know, for example, if uh, you know, say there were some like guardian uh, artifacts that were on the sh on the on the station. Uh, you know, while it's fallen out of orbit, you know, if you had to make the determination whether or not to evacuate, uh, you know, uh, evacuate residents of the station. Or, you know, scoop up as many of those, uh, you know, guardian artifacts, uh, something like that, you know, where, uh, you know, raise the stakes to a point where, you know, you're not going to burn the bubble or anything. But at the same time, you know, having to make these kind of life or death choices where yeah. there's no uh, easy solution would be nice. Something with some real drama. Uh, Tweaked, uh, you get the last point in this, then we'll move on. Sure. I just kind of feel like and I, I believe that they know they're, they're not going to do something now with the storyline that only... PC players can partake in. But if this is a feature that was set now when originally we all were going to have Odyssey, what if this is a feature that six, eight, nine months, whenever console gets Odyssey, this starts happening? What if they do fall all the way to the planet? What if this is how they introduce on the ground Thargoids to us? Some, mm. some pew pewing with the bugs. That'd be a fun story. Yeah, seeing the Hulk of a station on the ground like the Star Destroyer after the Battle of Jakku in the in the sand or something. That'd be pretty pretty awesome. Um, okay, uh, moving on. Um, uh, a video that we definitely want to recommend to you from Ricardo's Gaming shares a tip on how you can recover 46 gigabytes of drive space um, if you participated in the Odyssey Alpha. There's leftover, basically, obviously that directory is not being used anymore, and it's just sitting there. Um, and he walks you through how to do it. And, and for those of you that have got this installed on like an SSD, I don't need to tell you how precious the space is on that. So we've got the link in the show notes for that. Um, Kai, you had a point? Just want to real quick say this, whenever you're messing with stuff like this, this is, he's talking about how to do stuff on the back end or whatever. Like if you don't know how to do it, get, find somebody who does, don't be stupid and try to yellow this because you will screw yourself hard. Like, get a friend. It's not a rush. It's there. You got the hard drive space. Get a friend who knows how to do it or really look into it, but don't play with this in, if you're not really comfortable with what you're doing. He says that in the video, but you can never warn people enough because I don't want to see somebody screw themselves out of the whole game. Yep, yep. So if you have problems, you can write to Kai at Elite. No, I'm just joking. It's a very good advice. Uh, get some help if you're not comfortable with that. Um, next up... We have a video uh, we'll recommend from Res FPS, uh, Ground Combat Elite Dangerous Odyssey Gameplay. This is a um, a let's play where he recommends a, a weapon and suit loadout, um, and then 
proceeds to play through the play through the mission, which on its surface sounds kind of vanilla, but this has very nice production value. It's a straightforward equipment loadout review and recommendation. Let's play without a bunch of editorializing about FDev or Odyssey issues. It's actually pretty refreshing. Um, and this is a streamer who in the past made made videos on Counter-Strike Global Offensive, Battlefield 1, Call of Duty, and now he's making Odyssey FPS content. Uh, so it's from that sort of filter. It's it's really good to see uh, a creator from that world coming into ours. So welcome to Elite Res FPS. Great to have you here. The link is in the show notes. Uh, tweaked, I hear the latest episode of Sag Eye has dropped. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, Sag Eye. And again, if you commanders, if you guys aren't listening to Sag Eye, it's it, it's a PDF, a digital PDF you could get, but it's also a podcast. You can get it on Spotify, iTunes, all that kind of stuff. And if you're not aware, it's like investigative reporting done all in universe. It's great stuff. And you can go all the way back. And you, you can really get a good feel for the lore. You get a lot of information about the ships and whatnot. This week's episode has stories about Raxla, about the Beluga, the uh, a story all about the Imperial Cutter. We had a story about Cole Pollitts, as they call it, which featured uh, the passing of Orange Phoenix Cat. Very sorry for your loss, Phoenix. Uh, um, OP, it's just Sag Eye. I can't say it enough. I've said it before. Sag Eye is top of the line entertainment. It was just released this week. So go check it out. Awesome. Kai, you had something? Hell yeah. Um, the Raxla piece was great. The piece they did on the Orca, the piece about the AXI and how they kill Thargoids as... as oh, AXI, that's right. Yeah, yeah as Tweak said, the Cutter piece was great. What I Fly, Commander Arf, uh, uh, Community Manager Arf talked about his stuff. Um, and they called out a special thing in the editorial at the beginning of the episode where they called out a change that has happened with the Galaxy map. Now, so... Some explorers used to do a trick where they would even put a um, uh, what is that? The slug thrower, the the advanced plasma, where you use your 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 plasma slug as your weapon as experimental, and you would put that on your ship so that you could get rid of some of your fuel, so that you would lighten your total uh, hull uh, uh, weight. So that you could jump just a little bit further to reach some super yeah. crazy out of the way places. Well, the new galaxy map doesn't allow for that. It calculates what your jump range would be at full tank, no matter how much gas you have on you. And that's the maximum that it will allow you to plot. And they made a very specific call out saying, hey, that should be changed. And I just want to support Sagai not only for the wonderful work that the entire team does in bringing out uh the sort of the, the life of the galaxy in universe but they managed to in universe without breaking character highlight a very serious problem for explorers that needs to get fixed so big salute to them great stuff awesome yeah that's a huge point um okay now we're gonna wade into uh the forum posts um there's actually some interesting stuff here uh this week some and some well-written stuff let's start off with David Braben uh, apologizing twice. So um, right after Odyssey dropped, um, he came out uh, with a long-form uh, apology, really no other way to say it, uh, pledged to keep working on the bugs, uh, described how he himself had been playing Odyssey both on his own low-spec machine and also on a high-spec uh, development machine, uh, 
presumably without issues, although he didn't say that explicitly. Um, and then just a few days later, when I think the the rising storm of of, uh, of uh, negative feedback was continuing to mount, he came out again. And um, what was different about this one, aside from just generally apologizing, he explained how the fleet carriers had created an overload on the servers between Horizons and Odyssey servers. I, you know, it seems obvious in retrospect, but I, it, I, that wasn't really clear to me about the two different server farms running between Horizons and Odyssey and them having to be connected. Um, makes sense now, but now I see how that, you know, could really cause a problem. Uh, he talked about investigating the performance issues further. And most interestingly, perhaps, this post ended with a commitment to publish a roadmap uh, by June 4th, addressing, quote, addressing issues, including giving some details on specific improvements, uh, building upon the fixes the team have already made, end quote. Uh, and we'll be jumping into that topic about the roadmap a little later in the show. Um, but for now, I wanted to get some group input here. What do you guys think about, you know, these apologies, the fact that he even made them, the content, uh, good, bad, otherwise? Who, who wants to start on this? Yeah, I'll go. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say that if David Braben is coming out and making public apologies, then this is critical mass for Elite Dangerous. And I kind of don't agree with that personally. I think... I think what this is, is David Braben is seeing his baby is sick. He sees something is wrong and it's his passion. It's what he created all the way back in, well, pre-1984 for development time and everything. So a long, long time now. And and I think he he sees the problem and he wants to address it. And more than critical mass, what I'm thinking it might be and what I'm hoping comes of it is change. I hope he sees that the way things have been done didn't work and he goes to a different way of doing things and and we might get some progress out of this at least i mm -hmm. hope mm -hmm. king raz uh, brayman's apologies are appreciated but i kind of feel like they're more of a slap in the face personal i want to see the optimization of the game before you release the game mm -hmm. for a 40 dollar value you should have spent more time optimizing it before releasing it especially just the PC consoles. I mean, that was a huge slap to the face of the console players. Mm, mm. Yep. Uh, okay. Will, you want to chime in? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, as much as I, uh, much as I respect, uh, you know, uh, King Raza, you know, opinion there, I, you know, I couldn't disagree more. This is his baby. Um, you know, he's been, uh, you know, he's been attached to this things, you know, to this, this world, this story that we've all been building, you know, since the eighties, and I think that, uh, uh, you know, that the, the true test is going to be whether or not this apology is followed up with continued communication. You know, let's get a roadmap for the hot fixes. Let's see, um, you, you know, let, let's let's follow this apology up with, uh, you know, a sign that, uh, you know, that they're taking these issues seriously and that it's not just corporate mumbo jumbo. But I, I really do think that... Uh, you know that, that Braben being involved isn't the uh, nuclear option. It's this guy's upset. You know he's watching his uh, he's watching one of his kids make bad you know uh, make bad choices kind of, and uh, you know he wants to uh, you know he wants to set the set the ship right. Hmm. Mm. Guy, what do you think? So my heart really wants to agree with everything that William just said. Here's the problem, and this is God. This is a kick to the gut. But this is the truth. And I know this is a super unpopular truth, but I got to say it. My head tells me this. 
There are only two logical explanations for the position that we find ourselves in. The first is that David Braben is not in direct control of the day-to-day choices of what is happening with Elite Dangerous anymore. He's moved upstairs and he's not seeing it. The second is that he is in control and he allowed this to happen. I love David Braben. I am a David Braben fanboy. But this right here is an inescapable fact. It has to be one or the other. Yeah, those are two awful choices, uh, for sure. Um, Can you think of a third, though? Not really. I mean, he's got his, he's sort of got a foot in both worlds here, right? Is he a developer? Is he a suit? Uh, he, you saw in those videos, like, when the first game was coming out, he was in the trench making all this happen and um, knows what it takes. Uh, obviously, he is in the upstairs office, and it, yeah, those are neither of those are great choices. But I know I can't think of a third one. Okay. Well, I guess, as Will said, uh, the proof here is what comes next. You know, does this continue to get followed up with better communications and more fixes? <laughs> and do they keep this momentum going up? Because um, certainly with other companies and other situations, people have come out and said things, and it does end up just being like fluff. So the, the proof here is going to be what substance comes it, after this. It almost sounds like a discussion topic. It almost does. Um, <laughs> let's let's shift gears a bit here. Um, there was a great post on Reddit from a professional graphics engineer. Uh, Odyssey renderer is broken. Um, the TLDR here is it's the software, not your hardware. Uh, the main issue is lack of culling, uh, which culling uh, is what allows the graphics card to skip rendering things that you can't see. So if you're in a room, stuff that's in the next room or down the hall or the, the NPC walking outside of the building that you can't even see. Uh, this graphics engineer pointed out um, a number of places where the game is just rendering entire sections of things around your character um, that obviously consumes its rendering power versus only rendering the things that you can see. And there was a number of other issues here. Um, if, if, you're, if you're really interested at all in the, in the real nitty gritty of what's going on and what he found, and it's pretty, it's pretty incontrovertible, incontrovertible because you look at the tools he used and these are like off the shelf professional tools that you can, if you've got an NVIDIA card, you have access to as well, um, where it, it will give you code by code what the program is actually doing to the rendering. Uh, Kai, you had a comment? Yeah, I, I think that the good thing that we can take from this, I mean, so the bad thing that we take from this is, why did they not do the sort of cleanup that everybody does with every game that's been released in the last decade? And I think the obvious answer is, they did not have the time to do what, they didn't have the time to finish the product that they sold us and they knew it. The good way of looking at this is, with all of the people that are saying there's no way that we can do consoles, there's no way that this, there's no way that older computers are going to run this, this is going to be broken forever. When you look at the fact that the massive frame rate dump is in stations and whatnot, and you look at the fact that they're basically rendering six to eight times what they need to, that that's that's a very easy, okay, and not easy in the sense of like, oh, you can do it by just hitting a button, but you know, okay, if we work for three weeks or four weeks on one section of the code and get it optimized, 
we can make this so much sort of better and and i i that re reduces a lot of my fears for what they could do yeah it doesn't seem like it's a mystery what the problem is uh king raz you wanted to chip in yeah it's about the time issue mm -hmm. they wait forever for carriers to come out we all know how much of a dumpster fire that was when they first got released then uh, on top of horizons being released so more than enough players or commanders would have been more than patient to wait for a fully optimized game to come out before they just drop this bombshell this is just a straight money grab in my views you know when elite first came out it took a year and even even with this being a known issue um what we don't know is how long it will take to sort of extricate this problem from all the different sections of the code and what that may or may not uh affect as they do it so um yeah as kai mentioned it's not easy it's a known it's a known path they have to follow maybe is the way to put it it's probably still a fair bit of work to do um but at least it's not a complete mystery what they need to do um also in the forums, uh, very interesting thread, Odyssey optimization, performance, and UI, galaxy and system map feedback. So uh, I'm just going to read what they wrote here uh, from FDev. In this thread, we're looking specifically for feedback on the galaxy and system map UI. We've noted feedback on other UI elements, but would like to start with these in particular. If you have a feedback on the galaxy and system map and Odyssey, please leave it below in a reply using the following format. And then they give a very specific format uh, to follow. I read through uh, many, many pages of this, and I was actually surprised that there was many well thought out and reasonable responses. You know, for every every one post of, of, of someone saying, um, you know, uh, you, you guys suck, you should have fixed this before, why didn't you listen to us in alpha? There was 20 more posts of people really following the format they gave, um, putting it in bullet points, saying, here's the three things that don't work and why they don't work, and here's three solutions, which um, I was really pleased to see. You know, there's We can talk a lot about how they got here, but here's, here's a number of people pitching in to try to get us out of the problem. Um, however, however bad we feel about how we got here or why we got here or how quickly we can get out of it. So... I would, and I know there's a lot of opinions about the new Galaxy and System Map UI. I've got them too. Um, please take advantage of this feedback thread. Please follow the format they give. Um, you know, I've seen, I saw a few posts where people were sort of rambling for paragraphs and paragraphs. My guess is that they're going to read the ones first that follow the format, which is number one, give your overall thoughts, one or two sentences. Number two, talk about the specific issues in bullet points, be clear and concise. And then number three, suggest fixes for each of those issues, clear and concise, directly linked to the issues. I think the closer you follow that format, the better the information transfer is going to be between you and the developers uh, who are presumably just trying to make this better. Um, I, I also wondered if maybe this was going to be followed up by requesting more structured feedback on other parts of Odyssey. Um, you know, It does beg the question, why didn't they use the feedback from the alpha? But this appears to be a much more focused way to get specific information about a specific thing. So maybe this is a better way to get the information to them. Uh, Will, you had a comment? Well, first off, that was one hell of a windup, uh, you know, to, to pitch that. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think that, uh, you know, if if we if we follow the format that they're asking for and, you know, limit the vitriol to, you know, Reddit or something, 
then I think that there's a better chance that we'll see, uh, you know, a system like this being implemented for other, uh, you know, other Odyssey elements. Um, you know, and, and another thing too, if, uh, you know, for example, if you guys have figured out, I know that there was some confusion about whether or not there was functionality removed or whether or not the user interface, uh, you know, was just changed enough that we didn't know whether or not things were removed. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, getting some kind of baseline on some of the uh, more common complaints about, you know, things that seem to be missing, um, you know, that, that that'll cut down on a lot of the spam in the, uh, you know, in the forum. So, you know, maybe somebody could come up with a, a nice video, you know, explaining some of that stuff. Uh, certainly some opportunity for some informational dev diaries to explain, you know, what they're working on and what went wrong and how they're fixing it. Okay, next up, we've got Anarchy Factions Are Going to Be Extinct Within Weeks If We Don't Act, uh, was the title of this one in the forums. Yeah, the the Anarchy thing, I, I dug into it as far as I could. The, the funny thing is, there's not really a lot of answers out there. But to start off, Anarchy Factions are tricky even in the base game, in Horizons, because... I, I don't know if anybody here has ever tried to have a PMF in an anarchy system, that amongst itself is hard. They're they're very finicky, but trying to run an anarchy faction is even harder because uh, I guess hot tip, bounties are a secret weapon for moving influence. And when you're an anarchist, you don't really get any bounties. So that's a big problem with it. And, is that a new thing especially, though? Is that new? Uh, uh, no. Yeah, it, no, it's not new. It's been that way. It's it's part of being a criminal is you don't get the bounties, I guess. It's, I, I, I've never been an anarchist in this game, so I didn't know it until I dug into this. But like, if I go bounty hunting, I get bounties I can turn in. They don't get those. And, and that's a huge way to move influence in reality. So that's a problem. But on top of that, and we saw today, I, we'll probably talk about this in a little bit. We saw today FDev came out and said that they've, made some adjustments to Odyssey BGS. So I'm thinking some things were weighted incorrectly or a little too much. And I'll be curious to see if the, the changes made today will have any effect with this anarchy. But yeah, there's been a lot of anarchy factions around the bubble that have, since Odyssey has come out, their influence has dropped like a rock. They're falling down in their systems and it's it, they're, they're all fighting to try to make up the ground and not having any success. Why don't you take a minute, because I, I think uh, maybe now would be a good time if you've got some some learnings about what did change with the BGS in Odyssey if it's just been released. Well, they had, they didn't really say. They said that they um, the put out a statement today that said that they had been paying attention to some things and they, as they called it, they tweaked some numbers basically to, I'm mm. assuming some missions were weighing a little too much and they probably knocked it down a little bit. Uh, but other than that, they, they were pretty vague. Uh, I know okay. after being vague, that's that's not like them, right? But they okay. didn't really do any specifications with it, unfortunately, I wish they would. So we'll just have to wait to see. And I'm sure all the people working hard at BGS will will, will run into it if it, if the, if the you know, whatever it is, and we'll, we'll be able to reveal it. Um, okay, this next one, uh, yeah, this, this one's a bit of an oof. Uh, so, as the as the engineers have been discovered since launch, uh, and, that, and that's obviously been populated into some of the third-party tools like Inara, um, 
one of the forum posts revealed uh, five of the new engineers are sharing only two portraits. So uh, the first picture we're throwing up here on the sh on the screen is that Jude Navarro, Kit Fowler, and Wellington Beck are all the same guy in three different outfits. Um, and then I guess to add insult to injury, we also have another two engineers, Yarden Bond and Uma Laszlo, uh, who are also the same portrait. Um, this has got to be an obvious um, miss. I would assume this will be corrected. Uh, perhaps this was something that just got rushed at the last minute. Um, it is kind of disappointing to see that, though. Kai, you had something else? That was on the last point. I, I, okay. I, I, I just, just briefly, I will say this. People are saying, oh, this is whatever. Guys, this is not... I don't think that this is an example of the game is dead. I think this is an example of they were rushed and they didn't have time to do everything they were supposed to do. I think you give it a month and we're going to see five different looking engineers because they know that everyone yeah. uses Inara for their engineering and they know that having triplets and twins just makes them look dumb. They'll fix it. It just needs a month. Up next, um, Elite Dangerous Odyssey in the media. Uh, yeah. So FDev took a bit of a shellacking in the media this past week. Um, here's a sampling uh, from Attack of the Fanboy in their Odyssey review. Uh, Elite Dangerous. Elite Dangerous Odyssey is brimming with potential, but an armada of bugs and issues prevent it from surviving the landing. Uh, and then from Polygon.com, uh, the headline was Elite Dangerous co-creator apologizes for Odyssey's buggy launch. Uh, and then the, the underline was connectivity issues and crashes plagued the launch. Now the new planet generation tech seems bugged. Um, and there was a few others sort of in this vein in the first few days. Um, an interesting one, though, that came out recently from PC Games N. Uh, Odyssey's first major update includes a huge list of fixes. Uh, Elite Dangerous Odyssey's launch has been a bit of a rough ride. Frontier CEO... David Braben has even gone so far as to take personal responsibility for the buggy state Odyssey arrived in, pledging to get issues fixed as quickly as possible. It seems he's as good as his word, as Frontier has released a significant update today that addresses an extensive list of bugs in the Space Games' new expansion. Um, so it appears that maybe the, the, the work that's being uh, done in the past week with all the patches and fixes and and uh david's personal intervention at a minimum it's it's getting out to the the media that's covering this and and they're sort of tracking it that way so that's good i guess um let's let's get some some input here about uh we, we talked through a number of things but specifically about sort of what we're seeing with you know this is an event in the gaming industry how is this being perceived by the media what are the expectations I think you wanted to lead this one off with some some points about uh, the evolution of the gaming and software industry and how, how Odyssey kind of plays into that. So, yeah, um, basically, back in the day, if you go back to, you know, 1980s, 1990s, even early 2000s, basically, when you released a game, it sort of had to be perfect because the way that it worked is you would get your game together, you would test the hell out of it, you would test it some more, you would focus group it, you had QA testers, you had all of that stuff because when you were done, you certified it gold and they pressed it onto a disc and they mailed it to stores and the people 
that went and bought that disc expected it to just work and to work mm-hmm. right. Um, in the evolution of gaming, we've come to the point where now everything is online. And as it's online, you're able to push patches. You're able to push fixes, which is fantastic uh, from the standpoint of allowing developers and producers of games more freedom than ever to you know expand what they can do with the game that's great but the unintended side effect of it it is is that it has made the entire industry lazy and this is not aimed at frontier this is aimed at all game developers everywhere i can't think of the last time I saw a major game launch, specifically an MMO, that didn't have sort of day one, week one patches, hot fixes, the second patch, the third patch, the fourth patch, the fifth patch, the dot ones, the dot fives, the dot... It's systemic across the entire industry. But the fact that everyone is guilty of it doesn't release any of them for from their guilt as far as I'm concerned. Week, do you wanted to jump in on this? Yeah, I agree with everything Kai just said there. This is a common problem amongst the whole industry now, and and it doesn't excuse them for it. I mean, we saw the disaster that Cyberpunk was, and I don't believe that Odyssey is at that level, but it's not far behind. And certainly the media is putting it right at that level for the most part. That being said, I think there's another reason for it. And you look at that same time period where the technology has advanced, like this so so everything's digital and they can upgrade from afar since that time the gaming industry actually makes more money than hollywood does and i think that has that has put more suits in power and that puts more pressure on getting games out at a certain time so they can make certain profits at a certain you know quarter and whatnot and and that's when we have what happened with odyssey and i think that's a big part of it now the money yeah yeah, and if, if someone was thinking that by releasing the game early, they could still take advantage of that, you know, release while playing mechanism, well, obviously they leaned into way too far this time. Um, and uh, people are justifiably sore about it because they paid money for this. The media, the media now that this is a release and the media is treating it as such, that's how they're judging it. That, that's how this isn't like a gamma, I guess, is people have paid the release price for it. Let's move on now to uh, the Galnet... Uh, roundup here. So on uh, May 24th, uh, just a few articles this week. Um, May 24th, number one was the fall of the Oracle. Uh, we touched on that earlier. This was the the space station falling out of the sky. Uh, May 24th, the second one was the Federation refusing entry to the plague ship. This was the continuation from um, uh, you know the ship that was trailing Thargoids heading straight for Sol System. Uh, and has been now refused to go to Soul System. Seems like a good decision. Um, then uh, May 27th and 28th, these are both about the election. Tritium Mining marks Alliance Election Day, and Mahan wins Alliance Election. Uh, shocking, of course. Uh, Kai, thoughts on these? So, real quick roundup. Super excited for the Oracle story when the servers are not on fire and they can do it right. Uh, Federation refuses entry of the plague ship. The plague ship is close to Seoul, and so are the Thargoids. They're following that damn thing, and they're making their way towards Seoul. They're back in a position of 
you know, close approach. So it'll be exciting to see how things play out with that. On the whole Mahan thing, we told you about this a month ago that uh, it, it wasn't going to change anything. They, they're too busy to change stuff. I do think that we're going to see low turnout for the CG because of the fact that, you know, your PC players are pew-pewing on foot and collecting their shit and your uh, Xbox players are playing Mass Effects uh, and PlayStation, your console players are playing Mass Effect. So it's going to be a little bit of a lower turnout. There's no special sticker or, or module. But when they dangle the thought that you're going to get new stations that sell Tritium, there are going to be some diehards that are like, oh, I, I want more stations for Tritium. So, yeah. Hmm. And then uh, quickly, the uh, the two CGs, um, well, the one that finished, uh, Mahan won the election, and then the ongoing one, you get to support his expansion initiative with delivering mined tritium uh, to to get more starports to sell tritium. Uh, King, you had a comment on the plague ship? Yeah, uh, I, I got to support FDEV on that decision 100%. I'm all for them refusing the fact of letting that ship into the soul system just for the fact that the uh, Thargoids are all over that ship. So that was just beautifully done. I just wanted to point that out. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, let's uh, move on now to Tweak's Console Corner. Over to you, Tweak. All right, Console Corner this week. Uh, just I wanted to give you guys a reminder, our friends at Cult of the Murder Goose are holding a PvP event where they're taking, they're going out to the LaGrange clouds again. Uh, they are departing at 4 p.m. on June 9th. So that's coming up in about a week. So I just, I wanted to put this out. So if you're on Xbox, everybody's welcome to join them. If you're on a different platform, you are still welcome to hop on the carrier and get a free ride out to look at the cool LaGrange clouds with the lightning in them. When they get out there, Friday night, they're doing a fight night. Saturday, they're doing a two versus two tourney. Sunday, it's to be announced. Monday, the fleet carrier returns home. And if you guys want to go out there, the fleet carrier that's jumping, the name of it is the Ghost of Corellia. K-A-R-E-L-I-A. Uh, you see it on the screen there now. So just wanted to give you guys a reminder. It's a cool event. They did it once about a month or so. They're doing it again. If you've never been to the LaGrange clouds, it's a sight to behold. Uh, so, yeah, June 9th, heading out that way, free ride out. And Opix is forming a a, a uh, event here pretty soon, too. And, and yeah, I wanted to say that Cult of the Murder Goose, this is going on Xbox. It's an Xbox event, but everybody is welcome to hop on the carrier to go out and look. Uh, if you want to go, you can contact Cult of the Murder Goose, or you can contact me, and I'll get you in touch with them. But yeah, they do play on Xbox. And as I was going to say, Opix is beginning the process of forming a Hungry Hungry Hippos event that we're going to do with the squadron and with anybody else that wants to come and participate. So I'll have more details on that in the coming future. Okay. Thanks, Tweet. Now it's time for Real Life Science. Real Life Science. Anton Petrov put out a video, Trillions of Rogue Planets Hidden in Our Galaxy. Link is in the show notes. Uh, in our galaxy, there may be two to five times as many rogue planets, or planemos, or they call them sub-brown dwarfs, as there are stars. There are quite a few within a 20 light-year range of Earth. 
They're very, very hard to detect because basically what you are seeing or not seeing is just sort of a hole in space. And so far, the best way to detect them is actually using the, uh, what is it, the uh, infrared. Um, so it's, it's a situation where there's a new telescope that's coming out that uh, was almost killed uh, by congressional funding, but it, it's, it's still on its way. And uh, they're looking very, very shortly to sort of be able to vastly expand our knowledge of these rogue planets, these small planets that were, many of them were created early in the, in the history of the, the galaxy sort of being created, but there are other ones that were created through events where stars formed systems and they were unable for one reason or another to hold on to all of the bodies within those uh, systems. So you have these dark planets that are just sort of traveling out there uh, in between the space. And interestingly enough, there are some of them, including one that we've already specifically located that are fairly close to us, galactically speaking. And there are several that, that scientists suspect might be actually good chances or, or, or options for searching for life. That planets that are large enough uh, that have their own geothermal activity and would have, you know, sort of oceans and whatnot, and they create enough heat uh, through their own uh, geothermals to be reasonable candidates for life. So that's, I think that's kind of amazing. It's a thing that we're about to see soon, and it's a thing that I would love to see in the next couple of years as we continue on with, hopefully, the science side of Elite. I would love to see rogue planets, rogue stars, and uh, asteroids and comets added to the game, uh, added to the visible, interactable point of the game. We've been told that they are accounted for in the uh, uh, forge, the, the planetary forge, but uh, I, I would love to see them as a thing in the game. All right, we also have a mystery that is near and dear to my heart, and I want to be very clear here. I'm not talking about a game mystery. I'm talking about a real life mystery and that's the mystery behind the pleiades the pleiades we know as players of elite dangerous them as sort of the axi's backyard the place where you go to fight thargoids but through the real history of earth there is a mystery that is is so bizarre and so interesting and fascinating to me and i've come across this a few times and and I just really dug into it a little this week, and man, you go down a rabbit hole fast. This is a mystery that's so old that there are references in it, to it in the Christian Bible and the Talmud. In Job 9, 9 and 38, 31, verses 31 through 32, Amos 5, 8, uh, there are all of these references to the Pleiades. And there are even some references, of oblique ones in Revelations. Why is it that the Greeks... The South Americans, the Aboriginal Australians, the Chinese, Africans, Japanese, Pacific Islanders, all of these peoples have ancient myths surrounding the Pleiades that predate contact with each other. Uh, and they, they depict the Pleiades as seven sisters or women that are being chased or hunted by Orion. These are from all over the world, all of these different groups 
randomly just all depict the Pleiades as, you know, these seven stars that are in the, the southern sky uh, at night. They have the same or very, very similar stories. And I'm talking about mythologies that go back thousands of years. It is very interesting to me. Um, so I've linked a couple of things that you can look into if you want to look into this yourself. Space Time with Stuart Gary, Series 24, Episode 49 at the 7-minute mark. They talk about it. Uh, there's a Living Science article that talks about a recent story that was published by uh, some anthropologists and archaeologists that go through this. Um, and they consult with a um, astronomer who focuses on historical events or whatever and he was trying to sort of place well maybe there was an event maybe there was something that happened you know tens of thousands of years ago or you know 14,000 15,000 years ago that might sort of explain why all of these disparate groups formed this similar mythology around these stars like these real real stars this real constellation and lastly i included the wiki to the pleiades in folklore and literature that has basically just a long list of interesting everything from Norse mythology to, you know, the the the, the you know Pacific Islanders of uh, uh, the New Zealand call the the Pleiades the Matariki. The you know the in Japan the Pleiades are Subaru, which that's where the car Subaru that has, has the little stars on the hood. That's why it's it's after those stars. Mm -hmm. um, just just a very sort of interesting interesting thing i will warn you if you dig into this do not fall down the rabbit hole because you will find some everything from like biblical wackadoos to like crazy like man my spirit is in this crystal and whatever and they're gonna come back to from the plea like you'll find lots of stuff and i'm not saying i endorse any of that in our science section i'm just saying that when studying the mythology of various different people it's in it's clearly a thing that these stars are sort of important in human history and i don't know why i'm not trying to offer a reason i'm just saying this is neat and makes me wonder interesting will you had a comment on this um yeah you know uh it's to you know totally possible that there might have been some some shared uh you know event that uh you know that, that contributed to these shared uh you know, creation myths in different cultures. Um, you know, but the, uh, you know, the other prevailing, uh, you know, theory is that, you know, there's, there's certain archetypes that, you know, everybody knows what it's like to miss their mom or to feel dejected or to lust after somebody, uh, you know, things like that. And, uh, you know, I think that there's something beautiful about the idea that there are cultures that are, you know, separated by both, uh, you know, vast amounts of time and space, but they still have the same stories. And I think it, uh, it speaks to the, uh, you know, the, the, the connection that we all share uh, as humans, you know, and as we, uh, you know, as we venture out of this brave new world, you know, in space and beyond, um, you know, that, that it to me, it's a little bit more impressive and more awe-inspiring if there wasn't some kind of shared event, you know, if there mm -hmm. just is something immutable about the human race that uh, lends itself to these kind of stories that they end up having so many shared, uh, you know, similarities. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's just that's my uh, my peace, love, and hippie take on that. I, I feel like Giorgio Sukalos would have something to say about this topic. But um, <laughs> uh, anyway, the brown vest and 
crazy hair guy. Mm -hmm. uh, let's move on here. You had another one about uh, the Planetary Society guy? Yeah. I'm not saying it's the Planetary Society, but it's the Planetary... No. All right. So the Planetary Society, which is a phenomenal uh, group that does advocacy on behalf of all sorts of space and planetary issues. Like they put a, a good podcast and whatnot but and good articles, but they also really advocate on behalf of a lot of issues. And they have a special once a month... Um, uh, planetary Radio Space Policy Edition, and the May 2021 edition. It's it's an hour long, a uh, little shy of an hour. Link is in the show notes. Play it in the car. Play it while you're flying around. It's very very interesting. Full of useful information to keep you informed about what, why, and how our government is doing things in space. Uh, they talk about in this this episode. Bill Nelson was sworn in as the new NASA administrator in a ceremony with both. Uh, past uh, two NASA administrators present to show sort of nonpartisan support to show that NASA is not a, a left thing or a right thing. It's a human thing and we all need to get behind it. Um, mm -hmm. The Biden administration has had a flurry of legislative action in, with regard to NASA and space, which was actually a really pleasant surprise because Biden kind of didn't say word one about NASA the whole time he was running. And that kind of worried me. I was like, uh, I'm not really... It's a weird situation where uh, let's. I'm, I don't want to get into my own personal political beliefs, but if you got the one guy that you don't like as much, but he's actually saying let's get to Mars, and the other guy that you kind of like a little more, but he's not saying anything about it, it makes you a little uneasy. But he's really been surprising since he's come in. He's put a lot of effort into supporting a lot of space stuff. Uh, they talk about how NASA asked for $3 billion and Congress granted basically $850 million. Uh, and NASA had planned on two contracts, but due to the lack of funding, they worked it out with SpaceX, who came in with the lowest bid by a factor of over two. Uh, and they're putting a ton of their own R&D money into this. And it's the only contractor who successfully launched humans in space. Like, you have to keep in mind, the entire history of mankind, there are, that we know of, exactly four entities that have launched people into space. They are the Soviet Union first, with Yuri Gagarin, the United States of America second, China third, and Elon Musk, or SpaceX, fourth. That's kind of a big deal. Now, Blue Origins and Dynetics, not Dianetics, the weird cult people <laughs> dynetics d-y-n-e-t-i-c-s they're a large uh contractor that does space stuff but blue origins and dynetics have both uh filed a, a lawsuit and, a, and 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 they have a lot of clout because both companies are, are much larger in how they have a spread out construction policy uh among different congressional districts SpaceX mm. is doing it smaller, faster, and more agile, and they're located sort of in one spot. As a result, they lack a lot of the congressional clout to like make things happen to win arguments, but they were able to come in with the lowest, best bid, and they've already proven that they can do it, unlike the other two. Uh, Dynetics has made tons of stuff for the government, but it's all been remote landers and whatever. They haven't made uh, human craft, and Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin is not as far along in the SpaceX development process uh, at this point. Artemis as a project is only the first step in a 
moon to Mars program. If you go to NASA and you talk to the people, they will tell you. Everybody says moon to Mars. Moon, that's the big thing. Congress says, you know, they're talking about the moon program, Artemis. NASA is saying moon to Mars. They're saying we don't want to get bogged down on just going there as a dead end. We want this to not be a cul-de-sac. We want this to be a street that takes us to our final destination, which is Mars. Now, SpaceX is putting up a ton of money and they're committed to the design and construction aimed at Mars. The other contractors were looking to aim at the moon specifically because that's what the congressional contract was calling for. NASA's decision to go with SpaceX was both smart and pragmatic. Um, the Dynetics is a big contractor, but they're not, let's be honest, the real players here are Bezos with Blue Origin and Musk with SpaceX. And uh, they're both in it in the mix. Musk is much more committed specifically to Mars. Bezos is just sort of more generally into the whole space milieu. So since NASA is stuck and they're underfunded and they have to choose a partner that both meets the immediate needs of the contract, but also most importantly, shares their vision for Mars as the end goal here, NASA made the decision to go with SpaceX. It's being challenged, but the uh, the way that they do these contracts, it's pretty much a given. Like the government, if there's one thing they're really good at doing, it's locking down contracts. And less than like 12% of these are ever overturned. So SpaceX is mm. going to get the contract. They should get the contract. And this is good for us because basically Elon Musk is putting his money where his mouth is and saying, look, we're... We want to get you want to get there. I want to get there. I've got the money. Let's make this happen. So I'm I'm excited for where this is going to go. Very cool. Super interesting. Thanks for that. Now a quick uh, Roy stories update. So uh, we're still prepping for season three, returning sometime in June, uh, and I'm I'm pleased to announce that for season three of Roy stories, we're going to be diving into the world of Tales from Tawanta. It's a series written by Commander Thomason of the Burr Pit. Uh, which features adventures inspired by their actual in-game exploits. Uh, season 3 is shaping up to be very exciting, with 13 episodes totaling over an hour and a half of audio, engaging the talents of many commanders you know uh, to bring 20 different characters to life. So stay tuned for that. Uh, let's dive into some discussion topics now. Uh, the first one up, uh, David Braben uh, mentioned in his recent post that there would be a roadmap revealed by June 4th. Uh, what do we all think about that? And what do we think would be necessary to improve player sentiment? Yeah, um, roadmap. Ever. That, that word gets us excited. I, I feel like this is honestly just going to be a roadmap of planned fixes for the, the bugs and, and, and hot fixes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, to your second point, what what could they do to breed more goodwill? Throw some uh, that th that roadmap should have some. Hey, these are the features that didn't make it into Odyssey that we hope they would, and this is what we're gonna do to get them in there. That kind of stuff. I, I, if they want to breed goodwill, they gotta show us a roadmap of some features because, quite honestly, Odyssey didn't come quite as feature filled as a lot of us had thought it was going to or hoped that it would. Okay. I think that this roadmap on June 4th is going to be a real big litmus test for me personally. Um, if what we see is just a sort of vague 
phase one, phase two, phase three of buzz bug fixes. And I, I, it would be a horrible idea. Let me say for the record, it would be a horrible idea for, for them to put a roadmap and, and lock it to dates to say, by X day, you're going to have whatever. That's how they got into this mess, which was promising shit by a day without actually having the devs say, no, it's ready now. But if what we get is bug fix phase one is going to be these things. Phase two is going to be these things. Phase three is going to be these things. Thank you very much. I'm out. Good night. That's going to be extremely troubling and disappointing to me. What I hope that we will see is that they've learned, and we're going to talk about this a little bit coming up, but that they've learned that it's time for some changes. And what we need to see is bug fixes listed, but also, and again, not tied to specific dates, but also broad strokes design philosophy of, okay, we are looking to do A, B, and C throughout the life of of Odyssey. We're looking to make these changes. So now it's just a matter of let's wait and see what Frontier shows us. If they show us something for for real different, okay, let's be let's work with them, let's be patient and let's be excited for the possibilities to come. If they show us a very tone deaf just here are the fixes. This is going to be we're going to get you what you already paid for and we told you was done months ago, we're going to kind of give you that by X day or or, or in X steps. Mm, I'm going to be bummed. Mm. Mm. Will? Yeah, so, you know, the fact that there isn't just a list of, well, here, guys, look, this is what's coming. Um, you know, they could drop that at any point. I think that if there is one indicator that they're, you know, really trying to take this seriously as far as you know, working out the bugs and delivering the service, uh, you know, that was pitched to us when they announced Odyssey. It's the fact that, you know, they're giving it's what, 12 days, I think, until the roadmap, uh, until they, you know, they announce it. I think that they're, you know, they're really going to, uh, you know, they're going to look at their books and, you know, look at the code and see, um, you know, what's uh, what looks like something that we can get done, you know, now what's going to take longer. Um, I, I, again, I think that the fact that we're not getting the roadmap for a, cu a couple weeks here um, is an indication that they are, uh, you know, that it is going to be the former uh, from what Kai, you know, Kai just said. Uh, but, but again, you know, proofs in the pudding. This is the test, uh, you know, to see whether or not that uh, that apology from Braben is going to be uh, met with, uh, you know, solid action from the rest of FDev or not. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think my my main concern with this is there's been a pent up desire. I think in the community for a while from uh in terms of you know, what's the plan going forward generally uh even as expressed in things like the, some of the topics we've talked about in the past is you know are we going down an fps centric path or more uh star trek slash more science stuff kind of path um it, it's it's really begging for like a, more of a vision really a long-term vision and my concern is uh, by, by by David using the actual you know word roadmap. It's now I think a lot of stuff that was looking for a place to land is landing on that in terms of expectations, and um, it's kind of maybe a bit of a no win. Um, my guess is at a minimum we're going to see something about when the bug fixes might happen in different phases. And and really, what people are looking for is, you know, 
tell us that you're going to be keeping up a pace like this for X months or a certain until some things are done and what comes after that and more of a general game roadmap versus I think they're in more of a triage situation and the roadmap, maybe it's an unfortunate use of words, but the what they're calling a roadmap may just be here's like stages one, two, three of this triage to get us back to where we're kind of on a stable footing. Um, now, it's not to say they couldn't in that document say, oh, and by, you know, the end of phase two, we'll have more to say about what comes after this. Like they could, instead of revealing a master plan, have in this document a comment about when they might be able to talk about the master plan. Um, that could be a thing. Uh, King Raz. You know, when, when this drops, uh, I, I'm really hoping we have some kind of vision to what they are wanting out of the game what they want to do with the game i'm not just listing the various bug fixes and the optimizations that need to be done but some kind of future foretold that we need in this game desperately we need more than the narr uh, impersonal narrative that we have to create for ourselves well, as far as a roadmap goes i think really we're all in this mess right now because they were so secretive with all of their information for the last bunch of years so we in the player base had nothing we could do but speculate on what we were expecting to get and they're gonna be running right down that same path if they want to stop that and they want to set expectations tell us what's going to be coming if you keep it a secret if you keep everything so close to the vest everybody's going to continue to speculate and that will cause problems in the future again yeah yeah without setting clear expectations it becomes ungrounded Okay, well, we'll see. June 4th, uh, that's next Friday, right? I guess we'll see. We'll see what we see. Uh, next up, uh, number two, without changing the sandbox nature of Elite Dangerous to become like a, let's call it a Hero Saves the Princess style video game with a single protagonist, what inspiration could Elite take from a game like Mass Effect to improve missions and lore development? I know, Tweaked, you've been... Uh, really uh, diving into that. What's your thoughts on this one? Oh, yes. Anybody that knows me, I mean, Mass, the Mass Effect trilogy is my number one video game of all time. My absolute favorite. And and I stumbled upon Dr. K. Ross, our beloved developer of Elite Dangerous, Dr. K. Ross, streaming on her personal account playing Mass Effect 1 the other night. And it kind of got me thinking, what could they do to bring some of that into Elite? And, and, and I thought of a, at least one avenue they could they could bring some of those types of storylines. I mean, for example, in in Mass Effect Two, you have a crew that you recruit, and you got to do loyalty mission with them. And you, in doing so, you kind of get like you feel like you know them. You get dig into their past. You get to know them. Why couldn't Elite Dangerous do something similar to that with the engineers or with the NPC pilots that we hire? They all have different names. You have a different one than I have. Why can't there be a string of missions that we can go do with him or her? That way, mm. it, it creates some kind of a bond with that character and would add a little bit of substance to the game, I think. Mm. Yeah, that would be super exciting. Uh, King, you want to jump in on this? Yeah, it's about the crew. Uh, I, I, I'm all for having the loyalty missions and having you know some kind of interaction with my so-called crew member that I have hired to pilot my little ships that I can eject out of my main ship. 
But there's no way. I mean, we don't even get a physical representation of them on our ship to start with. It, yeah. They're just there uh, by some magical means. They're there on our ship, but we can't look behind us and see them there. We can't interact with them in any fashion. And right. I, it, it's really difficult to kind of move on and expect them to be anything more than just a AI. Yeah, there's some work there for sure. Uh, Will, you had a comment? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, how about, uh, you know, engineering? Uh, you know, it seems like there's, a, you know, a different system for engineering our suits and weapons in this, uh, you know, in Odyssey. If we could uh, hire on full crew members, you know, taking on missions to, uh, you know, improve, um, you know, whether it's their their ability, uh, you know, to, to operate, uh, you know, the ships or to lower the, sh the percentage of your profits you have to pay out, um, you know, it, it'd be an interesting loop, um, you know, that like you, you for example, say your co-pilot is somebody from a uh, uh, from a system that, uh, you know, was fighting in some kind of civil war or whatever, you know, so by uh, contributing to, you know, whatever faction they came from, um, you know, that, that would be kind of the way you would level up your, uh, you know, your crew. But again, uh, like, you know, Raz was saying, um, you know, there would, there would need to be some permanence, uh, you know, mm -hmm. to the crew members. They can't just, they can't just be empty seats. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, if I was to take something from what you said and also what, uh, uh, King and Tweaked said, uh, where my mind goes is, um, the engineers in game, if you thought about, in effect loyalty missions for them it seems like ftev has taken one of two extremes either you're only collecting like one thing and uh some bounties or a, a pieces of cargo of something to unlock an engineer on the other end you've got like the ram ta missions where you're gallivanting all over the place um collecting dozens and dozens and dozens of things there's probably some room in the middle there for some chain missions that are a little just a little more you know developed out uh, filled in uh, for engineers that could that could have some more chances for lore to be revealed or uh, just even flavor text that sort of fills you in more on the personality of the person you're trying to work with as an engineer. That that's a that seems like something that could work within within the structure of things they already have in the game. Uh, King, you had a comment on the Ramta thing. Yeah, um, if engineers were more like the Ramta. Uh, kind of basis i feel we would be more feeling rewarded for actually unlocking that engineer right now we're just like oh hey bring us some uh, push or bring us some money or go kill 100 guys and then bring me the bounties and we get them unlocked and there's no real reward behind that feeling it's just like okay i go do a menial task and you'll give me whatever the heck i want after i bring you more supplies to build this object mm-hmm mm-hmm um, what I'd add in here the, from the Twitch chat, it's Fuse or Dart mentions, uh, except the mission givers, we also cannot interact with the current new uh, Odyssey NPCs on foot. They ask if they can help you say hello, ask for the scan and stuff, but we cannot answer. I want to have some option of what I could answer or ask them something like, where's the next info terminal, stuff like this. Yeah, there's, there's some more interactions. It's very utilitarian right now, right? Like you go do the thing, get their mission, move on. They could certainly make it feel a bit more lived in uh, if you could have little, I'd call it flavor text kind of conversations with some of the NPCs that you encounter. That would that would certainly uh, make it feel more real. 
Okay, let's move on to uh, our last topic here. Um, uh, I think, Kai, you'll kick this one off on the nature of game dev and FDev's uh, current position. Yeah, uh, settle in, folks, because this is going to be a few minutes, and then, yeah, here we go. Basically, Elite Dangerous has been a unique game, a unique, beautiful, wonderful game that has had so much to offer us. It has been absolutely unique in its field, in that you've got other games. You've got Star Citizen, which is this huge, massive mess of a beautiful, possible thing, but is janky as all hell right now and is nowhere near done. You've got X4 and No Man's Sky, which are both sort of awesome in their own way, but a very different sort of thing. Uh, one is a, a single-player game, and the other one is sort of cartoony and, and lacks a lot of the sort of depth. Um, you have Stellaris and Eve, which are more sort of tactical turn-based or, or point-and-click and spreadsheets in space, whatever. Nothing has filled the niche that Elite does, and nothing has the pedigree that Elite has. And, and David Braben absolutely deserves... Uh, and has been given our love and respect for so long as as a result of him being a giant in the industry. However, this is a situation where because of this, they've rested on their laurels for far too long. And I think that with Elite Dangerous Odyssey, they finally pushed it past the point where we would cut them slack. And now they're reaping the whirlwind of blowback. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean, we just ran through the list of every last one of the gaming magazines and websites and whatever just trashed them. The Steam reviews for Odyssey, absolute trash. People are having a form of sort of civil disobedience and are listing the game as early access, yeah. uh, despite the fact that, you know, it's not listed by, that as, by the game company. Frontier development stock, as of the end of April on April 30th, was trading at $32.25 a share. As of yesterday, the last time I looked, it was trading at $25.10 a share, meaning their stock has lost over 20% of its value in the last three and a half weeks. I'm talking about, for a $2 billion company, I'm talking about they've lost over $400 million in stock valuation because of this botched release. And you have to keep in mind that they're just putting out their shingle now as saying, hey, man, we're not just a developer. We'll also be a publisher. We'll also sell your game for you. We'll put it out and we'll put it out right. This ain't a great look for that. So if you look at all of these, you know, the, these these different things, and, and, and there are major pillars in the community that have quit. Uh, I'm talking about the best pilot that I know of, Commander Sanderling, uninstalled the game. Primetime Casual, another pillar of the community, has said, I'm walking away for now. I'll maybe be back in six months. We'll see what's up. But I'm, I'm going to take some break. A lot of people are taking breaks. Uh, look at the community. Every podcast, every streamer, everyone has straight up pretty much trashed them in the last week live radio it was a straight up just a bloodbath um you, you know guard frequency 
the same. Loose screws yesterday, the same. Um, it's it's been very very rough. Now, having said that, I'm not going Latvian here. All right, I'm just pointing out what I see. When I see inattention to detail, when I see that the BGS is so borked right now, the BGS groups they've tested it. Ground conflict zones don't touch a war at all. They literally put a group to test it, and you 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 win fifty ground conflict zones out in the the ass end of the galaxy where and they do zero space conflict zones, and it comes up as a tie, meaning it's not even tied in. It's 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 you know. Jacques Station, famous Jacques Station. Obsidian App puts out his video where he's like, hey, I want to go to Jacques Station. I want to meet Jacques. Go to the bar, no Jacques. It's the same as everywhere else. The, 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 you know, attention to detail has just been horrific. And Frontier, as a result, has lost, a ma I mean, over $400 million in stock valuation. And a huge black eye as a publisher. And they have spent... All of their capital, I believe, of goodwill. Now, I'm not ready to give up on this game yet. I'm still a fan and want it to do well. But, Frontier, you've cashed in all your chips. Now you have to kill what you eat. So either do right or go hungry. Because I'm not putting up with this shit anymore. So, what do I mean? That What, what, what do they need to do now? I don't want to be bought off with arcs and, and, and platitudes. It's going to require a systemic change at this point. So I'm talking about have a real roadmap. I'm talking about, you know, quarterly cycles. The, the EVE team breaks up the year into quarterly cycles and they put out like in this quarter, we're going to try to address this, this, and this. We're going to try to balance this. We're going to try to balance that. I'm talking about better player-to-dev community loops. And I'm, I'm very specific here. Player-to-dev, not player-to-community team. If I wanted to just go ahead and write a message and throw it in the fuck it bucket and set it on fire, then yeah, I would go ahead and talk to a community manager. I'm talking about actually being able to put something someplace that a dev is going to read it and sort of reply and i'm not saying this is a person who hates elite or frontier or wants to shit on it and i'm none of this is aimed at the developers i love you all this is as a fan who wants to love you let me love you as we said in our opening song let's turn this around let's make a change let's set up it uh, maybe a town hall a couple times a year or uh, uh, some discussion where they literally ask us, hey, give us your top 20 or 30 issues and we're going to have a team is going to work this quarter. We're, we've got three teams going. One is going to be working on story stuff. One is going to be working on developing this thing, a new ship, a new type of something, a new game loop, a new mechanic thing. And one is going to be working on quality of life issues. Tell us what your quality of life issues are. Oh, I've got one. How about I can't stand clicking, clicking, clicking 10 times for my merits and my stupid power play. How about I can't stand the fact that I only have, after all of this time, I have interviewed 
what, five community managers and the product manager for the game. And I've told every last one of them, hey man, we want more bookmarks. There's 420 billion star systems in this game. And you're telling us that we can pick up to 120 cool places to go and remember them. No, no. Firefox in 1980, whatever, had you make your own bookmarks and you put them in a folder. I'm sitting at the bar in Meredith City and I don't know how, but I'm looking at a dude who's standing sideways in the air, eight feet off the ground. I shit you not. I, like, let's get our shit together, okay? There needs to be more addressing of our concerns because you've used up all of your chips. Now, you eat what you kill, so get on it. Earn it. Okay, now the guy that's flying sideways is now jumping into me like the Matrix and is walking... I, I, I don't... Yeah, that's... uh. That's interesting. So I'm saying Frontier, please, for the love of God, I, I'm just a boy standing in front of a game development company asking him to, to do right by me. He took my money. Now give me my stuff. Um, and I'm going to end all of this, my little section, my little rant here, with throwing up on the screen. Here is a picture on the screen, which you will see right now. The top picture is from the uh, commercial or whatever, where they sold this, the, the advertisement. And it was also brought up and highlighted by Dr. K on her stream. Now, here's where Frontier screwed up. They didn't blur out the location. So the top picture is what we were sold. The bottom picture is the exact same location. That's what we were delivered. You have spent all of your free goodwill. Now you have to actually start making a change or that 400 million that you lost, that's the start. And now I'm going to go drink some vodka because I'm depressed. Amen, brother. Wow. Agree with all that. That was amazing. Um, King, you want to jump in? I'm going to tip my glass and give you total props on that rant because you couldn't have nailed it any better for anybody else in the entire community. What we got delivered compared to what we were sold and told we were going to get. Holy shit. You nailed it. I'm giving you a drink on that one. Please don't borrow home ice cream. <laughs> uh, tweaked. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with every word Kai said and, and I'll add to that. I mean, I've been as close to a white knight as anybody could be for most of my Elite Dangerous career up until the last few months, really, is when I've started to turn. And for the bulk of my time playing this game, I've been, I came into this game after Horizon. So the crate was out, squadrons were in the game. I now have almost 4,000 hours in the game. And all I've seen added in reality are fleet carriers, Galnet went away, Galnet came back, and they buffed. Uh, bounty hunting a little bit and the whole time when we were asking for new content new content they said listen we can't do anything right now because we're working on this really big thing well here we are four years later and that really big thing just isn't good enough it's not what we were promised it's not what we were sold it's not where it's supposed to be it's not good enough and and i'm at a point where i can't give them the benefit of the doubt anymore i'm at a point where it's 
put up or shut up. You show me, you actually do it. Put something out that I can enjoy and I will love the hell out of you, FDEV. I really will. But I'm not going to believe anymore that they'll get it right. Oh, they'll, they'll put up that out and it's going to be good in a few years. I still, I do still believe Odyssey is a good base and they will eventually fix it. I think the bugs will get fixed, but that, that benefit of the doubt that I've always had for them, it's gone. I need, I need some proof. I need them to actually get some traction and start talking to us and start developing at a little quicker pace. Yep. You know, um, my father used to tell me that if you screw up, and you damage your reputation, find yourself in a hole, you got to be at least twice as good as you were to get out of that hole. That's the, that's the chore they've got ahead of them. And I think um, they've got a chance here to start that journey. And I just, I just hope and pray that the same forces that made them release this game two weeks ago don't stop them from doing the right thing for the next six months. King and then Kai, and then we'll move on. Uh, just real quick, I don't think FDEV has much of a choice. They either put out what they promised us or they drop the subject altogether and try to give us something else. Mm-hmm. We're beyond the point of giving them leeway at this point. Yeah. Kai? I want to concur and salute what uh, um, Tweak said. I-, I think that Odyssey. Like, if you look at all of the things that I want in this game, Odyssey is a necessary step to get there, and the bare bones of what it is could be good. It's not good yet, but it could be. It all depends on what they do next. If what they do next is focus on getting ship interiors done so we can do meaningful gameplay in the ships, if what they do next is actually add a game loop to exploration other than point at a plant and you win. If what they do next is put in some cool, meaningful salvaging and hacking stuff other than just I show up, I pew-pew some guys, and I cut open a lunchbox and take out the three pieces and then log out and log back in and do it again. If they make all of those things meaningful and cool and then continue along the 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 spectrum of atmospheric planets and i'm so sorry to all of you console players i forgot to mention in all of that rant that i did they need to get number one two things number one get crossplay up and running and number two make damn sure that you never again have to make a chunk of your audience feel like a second class citizen um if they do those things odyssey could be awesome if they don't they've wasted this opportunity I'm done. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'd like to hear from all of you. Uh, here's the community questions. We'd love for you to write back either in the community feedback channel in the Elite Week Discord, uh, or you could write into the, the comments right in the, the YouTube channel. Number one, what would you like to see on the roadmap from FDEV? Number two, what could FDEV put into the base game horizons to do something for the veteran players? Number three. What do you think Elite could learn from a game like Mass Effect? And number four, if you're not here already, are you going to join us live at the Salty Dog Bar in Meredith City, LFT 926 next week, the hottest spot on Friday nights? So, um, state of the game, for the sake of the dev teams who are working very hard to 
make Odyssey better. We're going to let this cool off for another couple of weeks before we return to doing State of the Game. And uh, Kai, you had a quick shout out you wanted to do. Yeah, I wanted to give a shout out to Lave Radio. They shout us out every week at the end of their show, and, and they're good people who do a good show. Wanted to give them a shout out, as well as I Flip It a Switch over at Radio Algareb, as well as the very lovely and talented Boss Lady B and WK Jez of System Chat, uh, as well as the guys over at Guard Freak, who even on their website or their, their Discord or whatever publish our stuff. Um, Guard Frequency starts like i don't know in like a half an hour an hour or something go check them out they've got good stuff just there are all, so many content creators in the elite dangerous community that are great and are really putting their putting it out there and i just want to uh, specifically tonight call out amazing podcast in the elite dangerous community that was it okay well we are uh wrapping this up for another week of elite week I want to thank everyone for joining us. It's been great. I've enjoyed all the comments we've seen. So uh, to the crew here, let's on three, everybody say goodbye at the same time. One, two, three. Goodbye. Ciao, everybody. Bye. (laughs) See you out in the black, folks. Right on.
Don't you give up, no, no, no Ever give up, no, 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 no Let me love you, let me love you oh. Don't you give up 